Well, well, well. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> yes, I am. Ben just snickered. I am recording from my Hawaiian vacation. This mm-hmm. is how dedicated I am to this podcast. It's actually my last day here, and I only have like six more hours in the gorgeous Hawaiian sun, and I am taking an hour to record with you. So you're welcome. Okay. I always find Hawaii to be underwhelming. Um, and so I want, I am curious if I have this all wrong. I think you have it all wrong. I love Hawaii. I think Hawaii is so lush and green and the Mm -hmm. water is so beautiful. And like the food is so amazing. I mean, Mm, we had, we, we had some shaved ice yesterday that didn't even taste like ice. It was like out of this world. And then we had the most incredible fresh sushi. Yeah. The food is amazing. The beaches are stunning. I just love how lush and green it is. Is it warm enough though? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Really? Okay. So it's been warm. Yeah. You might not know this, but Hawaii is in the South Pacific, Lauren. So actually like it's similar to like where you're at. I think like in terms of like, uh, you know, if you draw a line across the globe, I think cartographers don't come for me. I got turned off to Hawaii because of that one vacation you and I went on there together. And do you feel like that was not representative of Hawaii as a whole? Yeah. Vacationing there. Okay. I think some of the, I think some of the bigger resorts like definitely make it feel very commercial and gross. But if you, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, we were staying on the North shore for a little bit. That was like a little bit more off the beaten path. And then Mm -hmm. now we're actually at a resort in Waikiki, but yeah, I mean, I just think the beaches are incredible and it's so, it's just like, I love, I really like Hawaiian culture. It's funny. Mahalo Chandler for that little. Well, I just, I just think I'm a person who's kind of always on Island time. Oh, really? I just feel like I'm a person who's a little bit more, you know, laid back, a little bit more breezy. And I just feel most of my, like the most myself when I'm like near a big body of water, you know, and just taking it easy, not doing much. Like there's not a lot of exertion, I feel like in Hawaii, which I like. As someone, as someone who records with you and witnesses you get in a huff if we're even like slightly off schedule or something is amiss in your life let me dispel the illusion that you are absolutely not (laughs) not someone who is on island time and laid back and casual (laughs) well this is how i feel after five days here i feel like i'm a new person Mm. i'm laid back i'm casual i'm breezy She's renewed. Wait, Chandler, you said right before we hopped on to record, and I wanted the people to hear this, um, that you're loving your new watch. Can we yes, talk about I'm it? I'm loving my new watch. Everyone, I I got a Cartier Panther watch as a gift to myself for you know some work accomplishments. And it's so beautiful. I'm obsessed with it. It took a while to get to source, but it's yeah. spectacular. Wait, can show it. Yeah. Oh, I feel very so chic. pretty. It's so pretty. I mean, okay, I love this watch so much, and you didn't even know you needed it until I brought you to Cartier in New York and was like, "I want you to try this on. I want to see if this is something you would ever want." Uh, that's absolutely correct. I didn't even know that you know I needed to spend this money, but the minute I put it on my <laughs> supple skin, I was like, "This money, the money had already been spent in my in my head." So yeah, I knew I yeah. needed it. And it's for me, it was the perfect treat for myself after getting promoted because it's just something I'll have forever that I can like, you know, always look at and, you know, feel proud of myself for. So 
Honestly, yeah, it's it. just like jewelry and timepieces. Time they are so timeless. And they really, like above bags, above really almost anything else you can get in your life, they really are things that you can pass down. And they're just such fun purchases. So I'm excited they're for you. They're so fun. Yeah. I'm also excited I'm to see it, it like Thanks. styled with all, all of your current jewelry and your current vibe. Like, do you feel so grown up now with a, an engagement ring with all your diamonds? Look, I feel like one classy bitch. I'll say it. Really? Have you gotten any compliments yeah. on it, by the way? Um, no, I think I haven't really been wearing it a ton. So here's what happened, actually. I bought it two days before I got engaged. Mm. And because I, I didn't know I was getting engaged. And so I came back from Portugal and I got the watch. The watch was like there. And I was like, okay, this feels weird. I don't want to like have two new pieces of like big jewelry that just felt right, like a little right. bit over the top. So I actually delayed my gratification for like a month. And only like only on this trip did I start wearing it. Well, I'm so excited to see it on you. Well, thank you, Lauren. Uh, well, enough about that. Enough hearing about us. Let's talk about some shows. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Let's talk about it, get Chandler. into the Golden Bachelor? please okay i told you i was like chandler you need to watch the golden bachelor i think it's going to be so good we discussed it on the on the pod i believe right um we did we did the gist is that my and my pitch to you was like these girls are not going to be trying to be influencers they're they're going to be real people and you know it's just a whole different vibe um yes and so anyway initial thoughts having watched it oh my gosh Okay. I made everyone that I was staying with at the Airbnb watch it with me because I oh, wanted to collective thoughts as well. I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. I, I made us like watch it a, a couple nights ago. Initial thoughts. All right. Do, are you ready for me to just go off? Oh, please. First of all, Gary spelled G-E-R-R-Y, right? Mm -hmm. I, I believe Gary so. is a total cutie. All right. Oh, yeah. I don't know like who was hired to give him this glow up, but I'm talking the the hair, the coloring of the hair, the spray tan, potentially a little bit of Botox. I'm not sure the works I feel like is what he got. And it's totally working for me. I think he's like so handsome. He looks very dashing for a 71 year old man. I mean, I think we need to ground everyone in the reality that this is not what 70 year old men look like, like at all. No. I, most 70 year old men, he are more in the David Foster category, you know? It's just like there's a heavy mm -hmm. wrinkling happening, jowls hitting the floor, a la David Foster. Like it is just not it is not the the bright golden tight perfection that is the golden bachelor Gary. 
so Gary to me is someone who looks he looks 55 in my opinion he also looks like a poor man's Harrison Ford (laughs) and also I will say there's something about his whole entire home setup that is very Nicholas Sparks adjacent just he lives on a Mm -hmm, lake mm -hmm. where he and his you know Mm -hmm. the love of his life and him you know, that was their dream house that they built, except for she died suddenly, randomly from a bacterial infection. Yes. So it's not like he kicked her to the curb. No, he has the perfect reason to be single. I mean, they, they, mm-hmm. a, ABC could not have cast a more perfect Golden Bachelor. No, they absolutely could not. So everyone, we'll just set the scene. They open you know, on Gary talking about why he is widowed and the tragic backstory of his wife. Yeah. Like Lauren said, she died suddenly of a bacterial infection. He gets very emotional when he's talking about her, you know, they, they had moved into their dream home and she passed away very soon thereafter. They were just beginning, you know, these sunset years of their life. Um, And it had me gripped. It had me in tears. It had me thinking about, you know, what, what would that be like if that was Ben and I? I mean, and also I want to say his wife, like she just, I don't know. It just, it clearly that was, she was the love of his life and he is still sort of in the throes of grief. And I think that just speaks to, you know, what a soulful connection the two of them had. And, you know, he's really looking for, he's finally ready, I guess, to, you know, open his heart yet again. You know, Chandler, it's true. No one can replace Tony. <laughs> Okay, his Bert and Ernie voice is real. I wish I wish that we would have gotten like some speech therapy or something because his Bert and Ernie voice is so bad. You don't stop believing. You don't. It is so <laughs> bad. He, tonight I'm going to find the woman of my dreams. <laughs> I can, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lauren, we're talking about only how cute he is right now. We can't get into the cheese ball yet. I'll never replace Tony. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Golden Bachelor also, how- has a total uh, Kermit the Frog voice. It's pretty bad. Yes. But anyway, this That's is one exactly of It's full of Kermit the Frog. I don't even know who, who Bert and Ernie are. Okay. are. Let me just say, I mean, this is uh, this is my whole thesis statement on the golden bachelor okay and i'm okay. i actually am stealing this from ben because ben said this first and i was like boom that's my thought okay the highs are higher and the lows are so much lower oh, i mean it's literally okay. like you actually gave me that quote referring to um like getting work done on your face like as you get older you think oh you yeah said, the highs are high and the lows are lower. Um, and I absolutely believe yes. that's correct. And it absolutely applies to the Golden Bachelor as well. Because when you see the women in the teasers, brokenhearted, it's not the same as Jessica, 22, marketing specialist, getting dumped. It's a very different <laughs> feeling, okay? It, I mean, I'm getting ahead, but... The last 20 minutes of the rose ceremony were some of the darkest television I've ever seen. It was so morbid and sad to realize that, you know, when these women didn't get a rose, they were not, not only were they going home to an empty home, but the sun is setting on their life and they're going home to an empty home. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure the sun is quite setting on their life channel. They still have decades in front of them. It is. It's over. But there is. It's over, baby. There is a distinct feeling of like, 
it might be 10 years before she finds someone else, you know? Cause I think dating when you get older is just significantly harder, significantly. I mean, if she has 10 years, if she even okay. has 10 years. Chandler is full ageist <laughs> in this episode. It's so rude. No, I'm not ageist. Um, it's a, no, it's, it's a reality. It's a, it's an absolute reality. I mean, things happen all the time. Listen, some of them are like in their seventies, like in 70, it's true. Like 70, once you get into your seventies, you might just have 10 years left at any given point. Um, that's yeah. absolutely okay. the case or less. But before we get into the, all yeah. that darkness, I want yeah. to raise a glass to these women. All right. Oh my gosh. Every single woman that got out of the limo, I adored. I adored. Really? You adored? Yes. I mean, I have specific specific favorites, but okay. let me tell you why I love them. And okay. you touched on this when, when we first talked about it, but they all looked hot. I feel like they all brought it. And I mm-hmm. loved that they all showed a lot of, most of them showed a good amount of skin. Like oh, yeah. they were slutting it up and I was here oh, for yeah. it. You know, I was seeing tits. I was seeing mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. We got, we got um, legs, we got tits out. We got lots of skin showing. They also came on strong. Mm-hmm. They were kissing. They were mm-hmm. touching. Mm-hmm. Time is of the essence, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And they were not missing that. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely the case, Chandler. But I am curious. I want to get your thoughts, though, on the woman who showed up in her birthday suit to celebrate her birthday. This was Teresa, I believe. Um, yes, Teresa showed up. She had a black silky robe on. It was her 70th birthday. And she said to Gary, she said, I decided that why not, since it's my birthday, then she moves the, the you know, the robe past her shoulders, mm-hmm. gives him a glimpse of, the sh- of a bare shoulder. She says, why not show up in my birthday yep. suit? And then she opens her robe and the bachelor cameramen or producers flash to above so you can see what she's flashing gary and while she was not actually naked she did just have on like a nude tube dress that barely covered her crotch it was pretty nude adjacent and i am dying for your thoughts on this moment because this was my cringe moment of the episode okay lauren while it did also make me cringe while i was kind of like covering my eyes when she said when she started to you know undo her robe i also kind of ate it up i mean these women have nothing left to lose (laughs) nothing left to live for (laughs) these women are in the grave i'm like i think i'm gonna be like a probably a a widow with all the karma i'm like putting out there right now but i just real this is the thing they're not trying to you know build their ig reputations that they can sell skinny me tea they are there to make a mark they are there Mm -hmm. for their last ditch attempt at finding love no it's it's absolutely the case and they come in strong and hot i have to tell you the first woman out of the limo edith had such a mm-hmm. radiance, such <gasps> a gold, her, that golden dress and skin. I mean, it definitely if, gave me a lot of feeling of like, oh, like you can be like so radiant for so long. Yes. Here's what I'm going to say. May okay. we all be as lucky to look like an Edith in our, in our golden oh, years because yeah, absolutely that woman, Ravishing. she was spectacular. She, you know, all the damage that the age filter did to me. Uh, on TikTok, like she undid all that. She, she healed that part that, of my, yeah. my, my mm-hmm. soul. Mm-hmm. She undid all that. And I just think if I can hold on to my Dyson air wrap for the next 40, 50 years, I'm going to be okay. Oh, Chandler, you, cause her hair, her hair was air wrapped to, you know, high heaven. 
the sun is not setting for you for decades and decades and decades if Edith is telling us anything. I think I'm going to go get a lifetime warranty on my Dyson after seeing this episode. You absolutely should. Can we talk about another woman with a spectacular blowout, which would be who I think might be the star, April? Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, the sheer sex appeal and charisma and just magnetic energy that April possesses. You and I came out of the same womb because we are both very sexually attracted to April. I don't know what it is about her energy. It might have also been the deep cut of her dress. It was chaotic. I just know she's she's a freak behind closed doors. She's a freak. Oh, oh my gosh. April came out with tits out. She she hops out of the limo. She's this little blonde thing. She hops out of the limo, tits out in this, basically like this like silk, this kind of like brown silk dress, very, very sheer almost. Okay. And she walks up mm-hmm. to Gary with a basket of eggs and tells proceeds to tell Gary that she was raised on a chicken farm and that her eggs are still fresh. And then she proceeds to balk, 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 like she's a chicken and slap her ass. And you guys, somehow this is arousing. <laughs> I don't know how, but it, it is. Her energy is so chaotic. She's definitely a pot stirrer, but I want to be in the middle of her storm. Okay. Absolutely. She's the first one to pull Gary away. And when she pulls Gary away, she shows him a gift that she's made for him, which is a a year calendar where you guys, for every month, (laughs) there is a different photo of her in a different photo shoot. We have April in front of a haunted mansion. We have April on the chicken farm. We have April as the Easter bunny. I thought- And then- Every month is also April. I mean, what an excellent gift. Every month is April. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. No, it's perfect. She's perfection. She's definitely Mm -hmm. a star. I think she's absolutely going to make it to the final five. Um, But I want to talk for a moment about someone who I know you and I could both be very happy with. Okay. You ready? Leslie. Oh, Leslie. Leslie, who has like Kelly Ben Simone. Energy. Leslie is phenomenal, everyone. Leslie comes out of the limo in the old person outfit. Okay. So she's she's dressed like a granny with like a gray wig. And mm, she has like a, mm-hmm. a walker. And so she's kind of like coming out all gingerly from the limo. And Gary's like, can I help you? And she throws can the I walker to the side. She throws off her, rips off her dress, rips off her wig and like tosses her hair around. She's like, do I look like I need any help, Gary? And anyway, yeah, Leslie came out hot and strong. She also flexed in the episode that she dated Prince and the song Sexy Dancer is about her. I mean, I get it. I understand it. She has very youthful energy. You can tell that she moves well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she also, like, to me, looks very, like, young for her age. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also, like, she just, I don't know. She she screams youth to me. She seems more youthful than me. I know. Oh, I know that for so a fact. That I know both of us combined. Thing. Absolutely. Um, Leslie Powell mm-hmm. boards. She dances. Yeah. She's just, she's an amazing woman. I do think she's going to be a major front runner this season. Yes. I, I honestly feel like if I was one of the women on the show and I saw Leslie walk in, I would probably just walk out. Yeah. I don't know that there's a lot of competition between April and Leslie and then Faith. I mean, let's talk about Faith for a second. So Faith pulls Gary to the side. She comes up on a motorcycle. I mean, how vivacious can you get? Okay. 
Very vivacious. She proceeds to pull Gary aside and play him a song on her guitar. Now, ordinarily, this would cringe me out. But Gary, like, was lapping it up. Gary seemed to be loving the performance by Faith. Here's what I'm going to say. Even when the genders are swapped and it's the woman playing the guitar for the captive man, to me, it is still the cringiest thing and it's still my worst nightmare. But Mm -hmm. Gary, exactly. He was lapping it up. He was swept away in her song. And, I mean, can can I spoil it? Can I I say what happens? I think it's fine, yeah. She gets the first impression, Rose, because of that little song and dance. Gary says, he says, he brings the first impression rose to her and he goes, this is not because you sang me that special song or because you came up on the motorcycle. It's because of what you're doing right now, which is making me feel very special. Anyway, it is. Here's the thing I'll say about the Your Gary impression is my favorite thing. (laughs) It's really good. I said to Tony. I'm taking you to the hospital. No, actually, I probably shouldn't reenact that, that scene. <laughs> yeah, don't. Okay, I actually, I will say that I had a reality check really quick because that woman kept bringing up her friend who passed, who had cancer, yeah. and I didn't realize that her friend had passed away. But I, because I was making comments like it was a little hammed up, mm-hmm. and then I saw at the end that she'd passed away. Wow, and I felt very guilty. I'm like well, getting you're... so much bad karma for my thoughts on this whole entire show. I need to stop. Uh, the one lady comes out of the wind, out of the limo, and it's like Roberta. We made it. This is apparently her friend who had cancer at the time it was filming. The friend has now passed away. But anyway, and Gary's like, "May I ask who Roberta is?" And uh, yes, this was a friend of hers who <laughs> is a late friend now. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, sad, very tragic, I- very sad. I think there's a few things that people need to know. The Golden Bachelor is only one hour, so it's really easy to get through. It's not like the normal Bachelor, which is way too long in both of our opinions, correct? Right, right. It's only one hour exactly, so that definitely makes it more digestible. I will say what was interesting to me is that, you know, we know that that first night is a very long night for the people on the show, and they definitely did not go easy on these older people because if you could tell, I don't know if you noticed this, by the time it was the rose ceremony, it was like early morning light. Like they no, it clearly was like, had all those people up all night long. It was not even dawn. It was completely bright. It was like 8 a.m. it looked like. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. yes. The one downfall I would say is that I think it is quite saccharine and quite cloying. So I hope that a little bit of people's crazy come out. I hope there is some drama. I I hope Gary has a little more dimension than just being like it, it can be it seems a little hallmarky, the whole thing. Do you agree? Yeah, it it definitely does. It definitely does. I mean, the show itself is already kind of hallmarky. So like throwing in, you know, the golden element is definitely gonna make it real cringe. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm I might keep watching. Will there be a villain on The Golden Bachelor? That is a question it, I have. We know who the villain is. Who? It's April. Oh, April. April would be a good villain. Um, okay, well, Chandler, let's move on, shall we, from The Golden Bachelor to... Do you want to discuss Roni or do you want to discuss Taylor let's and talk, Travis oh, next? I, I want to talk about Roni. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm. clean simple eats protein powder. 
Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimpleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Okay, let's talk about Roni. Um, you're finally caught up, I presume? Mm-hmm, I am indeed. Okay, how are you feeling about this season? What are you thinking? I am still enjoying this season. I will be watching the next season. Mm-hmm. You know, I am not off the train. I think that the, you know, the dynamics still feel new and somewhat exciting to me. I think that I am so into Jenna Lyons. Mm-hmm. You know, with every episode, I feel like I just like her more and more. One thing that kind of came out in the more recent episodes is that she she talked in detail about how her mom had Asperger's, severe Asperger's, mm-hmm. and she didn't realize it until she was in her 40s. Yeah. And that there was never allowed to be any noise in their house. So it was just like eerily quiet all the time and she wasn't allowed to make any noise. And I I was really struck by how awful and, you know, damaging I yeah. think that would be. Uh, I don't know if you if you noticed that or had thoughts on it. Well, I I think that she also said that her mom was not good at showing affection and not good at showing love. Um, So I'm honestly amazed that Jenna Lyons seems to be such a well-adjusted person to have grown up, honestly, with such a a kind of traumatic mother. Um, Because that's just like such a deep wound. Also, did you notice this about Jenna Lyons? I feel like Jenna Lyons is very polished. And I think that when you're a person who is a in corporate america for many decades but also you're in positions of leadership you learn to really navigate difficult situations with a lot of composure with a lot of grace Mm -hmm. and i feel like we're seeing that play out on housewives where jenna seems to always really stay above the fray and stay above it and kind of never get in the muck. She really seems to like bring out the best in her castmates. And I think that it's a little bit jarring for people to watch because I've seen quite a few comments that are like, she's so miscast. Um, But I really think it's a breath of fresh air to have someone on the cast who really is well behaved. Yes, she's very poised. Another element of her poise, I would say, is that a lot of times she's wearing a lot more clothing than the other women. and this is going to, you know, re- refute what I had said earlier about how much I was loving the skin being shown on The Golden Bachelor. But I almost think a lot of times, and we know that this is a little bit because of her condition and, you know, she doesn't like to show a lot of skin. But a lot of times she looks the best and she's wearing the most clothing. And I think it's just another, uh, you know, another testament, I'll say, to being fashionable doesn't always mean showing a lot of skin. Oh, absolutely not. I know that's that's definitely the case. I mean, I think she just has such good style. And also, like, I don't think we've ever really had someone highbrow on the show. We've never had someone who, like, seemingly, for all I know, who knows art, who go probably goes to exhibitions who knows you know who seems to be a person who really occupies a space within culture that is a lot more refined um and so i find that on housewives to be such a breath of fresh air 
and whose style is so not tailored to the male gaze. Her style is really special. Um, it's really unique. It's very eclectic and it's a very masculine, but not in like a Meredith Marks kind of way where the tits are always out. There's something about Jenaline's style that is also really fun to watch because you can tell she's really dressing for herself. So anyway, I'm loving her as well. The other, the other thing I'll just add to that is you can always tell she looks comfortable too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. Which is honestly like one of the sexiest things when someone always looks like they're dressing for their own comfort. I will say there's just a yes. lack of desperation that is very attractive. Agreed. Um, okay. Do you want to know who's really emerged as someone I like on the cast? Yeah. Um, yes, please. I love Sai. Oh, okay. That's so interesting, Chandler, because she is catching so much flack online right now. Like people do not like her. Like they're actively okay. I don't know anything her. about this. Yeah. Why don't they like her? I think because it seemed like she was really hard on Jessel in the last episode, and people just didn't feel like Jessel deserved that, and they feel like Sai is super cold. This is just what I'm reading. Mm. Um, there's also, so this is yeah, something that's yeah. kind of the tea right now, but the major gossip and rumor that's going around is that Sai met her husband while working for him at his bar and had an affair with him. Oh yeah. I did see this. I did see this. Yeah. There's tea. There's tea around her. Uh, clearly she's not necessarily a fan favorite. I just think she was someone who I d had neutral feelings for at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And now I like, I think she's been like really fun to watch. I think she adds to every like dinner party in a way where like, where Bryn is kind of always bringing like the, the you know, inappropriate jokes and all that type of thing. Like, I just feel like Sai brings like excited energy. I also appreciate that. She's like kind of always snacking in every scene. Like that mm -hmm. feels like relatable queen to me. Yeah. Um, she's always like, can we get some food? Uh, she, th like I, like at one point Aaron and Uba are like finishing their conversation or Aaron and Bryn and Sai's like I want to order and Aaron's like just wait till we finish our conversation and Sai's like I need want to order my salad okay like <laughs> I don't want to wait um so yeah I just I've, I've been enjoying her more but uh but yeah I I'm, think I'm, she's I am very a little curious about those rumors um yes. very yeah, beautiful she, She's stunning. I also, I would say no one in the cast is someone I'm disinterested in. So whenever someone's on the screen, mm -hmm. there's not like, oh, this is Teddy's scene. You know, I can go to the restroom now. Like I'm genuinely right. curious about everyone and I like their scenes. So it's fun to watch. What did you think right. about the fight in Anguilla over Uba's phone? Did you feel like Uba was overreacting or did you feel like that was an appropriate reaction to your phone being hidden from you? I think it's really annoying to have your phone taken from you. I mean, if my phone's gone for more than 90 seconds, I'm like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Um, but I do think her taking it to the level of like, my parents always need to check in on me. And this is, you know, single girls need more, you know, why are we not, why, no one talks about single girls. Like I was just like snooze, like this is now, you know, you've taken it to a level where no one's buying this. Well, that just seemed so fake to me. Like, I, I'm sorry, but I was a single girl until I was 27. Um, I never checked in with my parents every night. Like, to me, that's actually very strange yeah. to be a woman in her late 30s and to be it saying goodnight to your parents every night because they're so worried about where you could be. That to me is like, okay, you need to grow up. This is a you problem. This is not an Aaron well, problem. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but like, I never felt like when I was single, like, you know, nobody, no, there was not enough support for single girls. Like, I just, I don't know. I guess I was also in a different phase of life, but I thought that was such a stretch. 
Well, it's just, I'm sorry, but like, it just, it's very strange to check in with your parents in your late thirties, just because you're single. Like that's just yes. weird. That's just weird. Yes. And yeah. I honestly, I so actually kind of call bullshit on it. I don't think it's real. I actually don't think it's real. I think it's one of those things like, like when, okay, this was, I think very astute of Aaron. When Bryn said on the show that when she got her eggs frozen, they asked her at the clinic who would be fertilizing them. That was bullshit. Like that was a lie. They don't yeah. actually ask you that. Nobody and asked that. No one asked that. Would that. Also, and that it, feels like a total breach of privacy. And like, that feels, it's like, that's like asking point, who your sexual partners are a little bit. It's just like, you don't need to know that information. Also, the point of freezing your eggs most of the time is because you don't have a partner. And so it's like, Correct. or a serious one. And so it's just like, it's such a weird lie. And I think Aaron was 100% correct that it was a lie. And when Bryn doubled down, it was just like, come on. But anyway, I think yeah. that Uba lied as well. She she had a crazy emotional reaction because she's probably just someone who has a bad temper. And so to create some sort of dramatic excuse for why she behaved the way she did, she said all of that. And I just, I'm sorry, I don't believe that any woman in their late 30s actually checks in with their parents every night because their parents are so worried that they're single. So they don't yeah. know who they are. Well, anyway. I think it's annoying to have your phone stolen. Like, I think it's annoying to have your phone taken from you and to like have that be a prank. I think that that to me is just, it's just annoying. It's not some huge deal. It's just more annoying. And like, I think you steal someone's phone for a little bit of time and then you give it back to them and then it's like, it's over. It's not something you do for an extended amount of time. Right, I do right. want to say really quick about Bryn. I'm kind of over her crush on Jenna bit. I'm over her like it's all so that. Cringe. It's to me, it's feeling really cringe now. Yeah, it's really cringe. It's really tired. And I, it here's the thing that I don't like about it. And, I feel like it's obvious that she doesn't actually yeah. have a crush on Jenna. And so to me, it's almost yes. kind of insulting because it's like oh you're so it's not attractive to me that I can joke about being into you. And that's that's how it comes came it's, across to me. It's total queer baiting, in my opinion, where she's not actually going to have a relationship with her. She's not actually going to like act on any of these these feelings, quote unquote, physically. Mm -hmm. But she's going to make this whole scene about it. And then I also think that it kind of reduces Jenna to just being like a lesbian. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's just, honestly, it's such a, a weird, inappropriate joke to make. And yes. I don't know. I, on the same kind it, of like a different side of the same coin, I'm honestly finding Bryn's flirtiness and her over the top, you know, kind of flirtatious sexual behavior to kind of be tired to me. I would actually say if there's someone on the cast who I like find to be a little bit grating or who I'm less interested in, it's become Bryn because I feel like she's a little bit of a one trick pony. Yeah, I agree. Another thing with Bryn we started to hear more about her job and she talked about how she wanted to be a doctor, but then she started to do PR and she mentions how her current job, she gets paid a lot of money and she only has to work 10 hours a week. Okay. In my opinion, I'm like, girl, shut up. If you have this cush of a setup, do not talk about it on the show. That will, that will alert your company that you need more projects that will also just like look bad. Like I, to me, that was the dumbest thing ever was to brag about how little she works. And how much money Absolutely. she gets paid. Well, and I think that it's probably bullshit. Like a lot of people are very side-eyeing yeah. the idea that she's a consultant 10 hours a week and makes great money um, because it's all very ambiguous, right. you know, where that comes from. And she honestly, she does have the personality that I think uh, like 
if she were a sugar baby, I would not be surprised because she has that like mm-hmm. ingredient. Like she has that personality. Like I don't have this. I cannot just turn on and become flirtatious with anyone. But there are some girls yeah, yeah. who literally can turn it on like a switch. And it doesn't matter who they're around. Yep. They can become super sexual and super flirtatious with. I would not be surprised if it comes out that she's someone's sugar baby. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, um, is let's what it talk is. about. Yeah. I, I mean, like, you know, that does sound like a really cush job where you only have to work for 10 hours a week and you get paid a lot of it's money. It's all making sense. <laughs> I'm a consultant. Uh, let's talk about Aaron. Okay. Let's talk about her. I really liked Aaron at the beginning of the season. I still like her. I do think that she, after seeing these episodes unfold and all these fights and drama and little pranks and stuff, couple things. She doesn't really ever apologize. She's not quick to apologize at all. And I feel like we saw almost very few apologies from her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, second of all, second thing, when she calls her dad, that to me was very unrelatable. Like calling your dad about your friend drama is in your, while you're in your late (laughs) thirties, very odd. Very odd. I mean, it's honestly was super cute. I can never imagine calling my dad about friend drama. My dad would be like so checked out of that conversation. He'd be like, oh, sorry, I was too busy looking at the prices. I'm at Costco. What did you say? Um, She did what? Anyway, no, it's very unrelatable. You're right. Yeah. So I'm curious what your takeaways were about her after these last few episodes. You know, I really like Erin, actually. I think she's probably one of my favorites on on the cast. She occupies kind of like a Carol Radzewell voice of reason, kind of similar to Jenna. Um, I think she's really pretty. I I did find it to be very cringe when her and her husband talked about how they wanted to potentially be swingers in 10 years. Like, that to me is just like something that you you say when you're a couple drinks deep to friends and then you ultimately really regret disclosing that information let alone on national television i don't know i i'm also very off put i think when people try to like seem really sexual yeah i still like her i just think that she okay she came across as someone who was a little bit more of a spoiled brat in my opinion like I just, I feel like she couldn't ever really apologize and she just would, you know, leave. She like, when she like left the beach bar and she was less likable to me after these, uh, these vacation episodes. See, but I just don't think she ever the, uh, really had much to apologize for. Like, I just don't even think I mean, she did much wrong. She just like, I think she, like she said that thing about Jenna, like how she wouldn't, you know, fly commercial. I, I just think that she's the one who actually does a good amount of the shit talking. I think she she does stir the pot a little bit, but I just think that the punishments have always been far worse than the crimes for Aaron, in my opinion. So another moment where Aaron became less likable to me. All of the women are sharing embarrassing stories, okay? They are, you know, revealing something that is pretty embarrassing. For example, Uba says that she, you know, had toilet paper, you know, that she dragged throughout the club. And Bryn says that she put a tampon in the wrong hole. Jenna talks about like falling and, you know, at an, at some restaurant or something oh, right, and some celebrity right. helping her up. I don't remember all the details, but then Erin <laughs> shares her story. And this is to me where I was like, you're not a real one. And her embarrassing story was like, one time my baby cried the whole time on a plane. First yeah. of all, that, that's not about her. That's about her baby. That's also very right. understandable and relatable. Like right. no one's going to fault her for that. That's not an embarrassing story. Like get real bitch. Okay. I agree with you there. I agree with you that the, that, 
being her embarrassing story was not embarrassing at all. And maybe she is very image focused and doesn't want to have an embarrassing story of her out there, of herself out there. And so there's something about her that's a little off putting there. I will give you that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for giving me that. The one thing I'm actually grateful for about her is I actually like that she kind of owns basically being like privileged or whatever and that she didn't struggle a lot Mm -hmm. and that her parents helped her because to be honest with you i'm kind of overhearing everyone's sob stories like i swear to you it will be an innocuous morning in anguilla and Sai and uba will be sitting down for breakfast on the deck and there will be like a platter of fruit in front of them and and Sai will be like oh you know we didn't have fruit growing up and we could never afford it and it's just like it's just like it's just like it it doesn't matter what's going on someone has to bring up yeah. like their tragic childhood especially on the sanguila trip and it's a well, little exhausting to watch yep and i think it's also i think that the the girls are too hard a little bit on jessel who and i find jessel to be kind of annoying they're a little too hard on her for not having a hard enough upbringing well it's like, just i think like, that's annoying yeah. to like to to be rude to someone about it just yes. seems like everyone is like competing for the most tragic story and it's right. just like I, I thought Agreed. it was great to hear all those stories at first but now it's become a little repetitive um and kind of a downer correct um okay let's talk about travis and taylor chandler so taylor attended the new york jets game versus the kansas city chiefs and Taylor Swift was out in full force at the game with her celebrity posse. She had Blake Lively there. She had Sabrina Carpenter. She had Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman. Um, mm-hmm. Sophie Turner made an mm-hmm. appearance in the box. What are your thoughts? I mean, this is just reaching fever pitch, in my opinion. I I don't know how much more we can take. I, Hugh Jackman? Um, in the week of his divorce? What? Well, I I know. Hugh Jackman being there just seems so random. The thing I will say about this is I feel so bad, Chandler, for the people who are not Taylor Swift fans because they thought they had it bad during the era's tour. Like Taylor oh, yeah. content never stopped when she was touring. It was all over social media, people in their outfits, going to the concerts, like the US tour. It was all Taylor all the time. Cut to there's a break yep. in the tour and all those non-Taylor fans were going to get a blessed respite and reprieve from Taylor content. At least that's what they thought until Travis Kelsey entered the chat and all of a sudden, Chandler, we're hearing more about Taylor Swift now than we were during the U.S. Lake of the Arrows tour. I'm getting an update about her, I would say, every three to four hours. And uh, okay, uh, this might come as a shock, but as a diehard Taylor stan... I'm almost getting a little fatigued by all the Taylor talk <gasps> and all the Taylor content. Oh my gosh. And you know what it is? Here's the reason. I just, I am obsessed with I'm Taylor Swift. I'm not ready Swift. to admit that yet. I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift, but I kind of feel like it used to be like Taylor and my, my relationship with Taylor and my fandom, it was like a private thing. And it was kind of my thing. And sure. I feel like with the Eras tour and now all of this press coverage, my joy, I just realized how pedestrian and universal and and really unexceptional and non-unique my love of taylor swift is and it's been a hard pill to swallow i'm really sorry i'm really really sorry because it is true there's nothing unique about loving taylor swift your contrarian 
nature is probably, you know, really struggling with this because you're used to being a contrarian, used to not liking something everyone else likes. And so I'm, I'm really sorry. And I'm, my heart is with you at this time. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, I feel I feel so bad for people who actively are zero percent interested in Taylor Swift because they must be so annoyed at all the constant Taylor Swift content that's just shoved down everyone's throat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she is the biggest star of our mm-hmm. time, and she's crazy really to the- say all we're talking about. She's all people are talking about, basically. There's very little celebrity news. Hence why we had half this episode about the Golden Bachelor and Roni. I mean, there's not a ton going on except for Taylor Swift. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sick of updates from her. I think I'm a little over talking about it only because I don't feel like I have anything new to say. Like the last new thing I had to say was that I I found Travis to be really attractive. Like I have no, no more new takes. I mean, the only other new take that's this isn't even a new take. But the only other thing that I kind of want to talk about is Blake Lively's fashion, which I've talked about before. So well, I'm out. I'm fresh I out think, of ideas. I will say I think that seeing what good of friends Taylor is with Blake Lively is making me question whether I need to rethink Blake Lively or potentially rethink Taylor Swift a little bit because <sighs> or yourself for judging or myself her. or everything I've ever known. But Blake Lively has always just rankled me. She's always just been kind of annoying to me. I've never been a Blake Lively stan or major fan. And I've honestly kind of found her to be actively annoying. And I don't have articulated reasons for yes, why. Yes. Do you? Do you know why you find her to be annoying? Okay, please share. My, so it's actually, it's not just her. I find her and Ryan Reynolds, like they're internet back and forth like the like the, for a while there they were doing like a lot of like clapbacks and like look at how you know i'm gonna be self-deprecating about my wife or my husband blah 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 and i just found that to be so annoying and not real at all yeah their social media content annoying blake lively's outfits what do we get how what words annoying we use annoying is well, putting it kindly actually it's generous all i'm gonna say all I'm going to say is that I wanted to talk about it at length. And you said, quote, I don't really want to be a mean girl, end quote. Oh, that is we'll true. That, that is true. I think that everyone <laughs> needs to check out Blake Lively's outfits, okay? And just send us some DMs because they're concerning, to say the least. How are you feeling about the NFL being so thirsty? Like, to me, this is so embarrassing that they need this PR so badly from Taylor Swift. Like, Taylor Swift is putting the NFL on the map. No, she absolutely is. She's putting Travis Kelsey on the map. 100%. No one had heard of him before. Uh, I, but I also think the that's NFL. the only time where I, yeah, that's the only time where I start to think this is maybe a publicity thing right, is when like right. I start to see how much like the NFL is changing their Twitter bio or X bio or whatever, right, you know, like right. that's when I'm like, oh, why are they well, they're really milking this? Also, you know, Taylor has a lot of dates left. Not that she, I think they're all sold out anyway. But Taylor Swift has an album coming out, you know, 1989 Taylor's version. I'm sure there's an album of new music forthcoming at some point. It does behoove Taylor Swift to be in the press. It does behoove her to be talked about. It does. Um, And it's a choice of hers to be out in full force to give us all this content. So she's definitely benefiting too, not just Travis Kelsey. Let's um let's talk about another person who wants to be in the press or who called the press on herself. None other yeah. than Kyle Richards with a back grid paparazzi moment at LAX. 
So Kyle Richards, yes, she was coming home, it seemed, leaving LAX and paparazzi, you know, they stormed exactly where she was in LAX. You guys, this is the, so embarrassing to me because she clearly called them. This was clearly set up because it was back grid right. and because right. it's not like, I mean, Chandler, I've flown into LAX many times. I've never seen I've never seen TMZ. I've never seen background. I've never seen any photographers. Mm -mm, mm -mm. They don't just camp out at LAX. So it was very clearly well, set up. And but then Kyle Richards appeared to be annoyed and flustered by them being there, like rolling her eyes, like go away. And it's just so funny to me. It was it fully was so like weird. giving also, Rachel she, outside the nail salon. She had like this weird smile on her face the whole time. And I don't know if it was like her lip filler or something like no judgment, but like she had like this weird look on her face that she, I don't know. It just, it, the whole thing seems so contrived. And then, yeah, she did, you know, they were like, Kyle, one more question for you. Just one more question. And she's like, I really don't like to do this or whatever. It, and it was just when the whole thing was from Backgrid, so you know that she called them on herself to like deliver this news that her and Mauricio, Mauricio are separated. Right. Um, okay. My take on this Chandler is I think that it is no coincidence that Mauricio has given a statement on that podcast. Then he talked to reporters. He talked to TMZ. Now Kyle has talked to Backgrid. In my opinion, we know that Real Hostess of Beverly Hills drops on November 1st. I personally think mm -hmm. this is coordinated. This is planned. This is PR to get people talking about the new season and the drama that's going to unfold between Kyle and Mauricio on the new season of Beverly Hills. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is her securing, you know, another year, another storyline, and I can't wait to watch. I also cannot wait to watch. Okay. Well, everyone, we are going to be with you on Friday on Patreon, Chandler. So if you love the show, if you love this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber. That is absolutely what keeps us on the airwaves. And also, we haven't had a new review in over a month. So if people would find it within the kindness of their hearts to leave us a five-star review on Apple, that really makes a difference for the show. It's a huge, huge help. So please leave us a review. Please, please. It means everything. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Yes. Thanks we will for see listening. you on Friday. That's right. On Patreon. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.